Hello, welcome to the podcast, Bringing Virtual Care Home, a part of the Slice of Healthcare Podcast Network. I'm your host, Tina Nall, and I serve as the Chief Clinical Officer at Anelto. For those of you not familiar with Anelto, we're a leading technology platform that brings innovative healthcare solutions to seniors and other at-risk populations, allowing them to stay connected to their healthcare team from anywhere, but most importantly, their homes. My guest today is Dr. Amal Agarwal, who's the Vice President of Home Solutions at Humana and a board advisor to Monogram Health, a value-based specialty provider of in-home nephrology, primary care, and benefit management services for individuals with chronic kidney and end-stage renal disease. Today, our topic surrounds understanding techniques for patient engagement and longevity. Welcome to Bringing Virtual Care Home, Dr. Amal, or Dr. Agarwal, and thank you for agreeing to be my guest. Before we dive into our topic, can you share with the audience a little of your background and how you landed in your current position? Sure, and please call me Amal uh, moving forward. It's great to be on this podcast. Um, So I'm a practicing ER physician. I still practice today, a few days a month. And what really drove me to make this change was I started seeing a lot of similar patients coming back to the ER, really due to, you know, poor access to care or just kind of unclear communications from the physician and clinical staff on what to expect, you know, post-admission, post-surgical procedure. And so I just thought maybe we can do more and more better. And when I started learning about managed care, especially in the Medicare Advantage space, I learned that seniors stay with the health plans for seven to eight years. And that really allows the the plan to invest up front in the member's health. And so we'll do things that you wouldn't think a typical insurance company to do, like proactively encourage you to go get, you know, care, go get a colonoscopy um, for cancer screening. Uh, you know, go see your PCP, go see specialists, get an echo in case you have some sort of, you know, congestive heart failure. So we, we encourage a lot of proactive disease because we see that if we can do proactive upfront care, it actually can improve healthcare outcomes downstream and reduce time in the hospital, adverse hospitalization, which actually is fiscally better for everybody. And so that seems to be um, something that's been really um, neat to see and, and work on. Thank you for that. And I couldn't agree more. I, I too am on a mission to not have healthcare uh, front door be the hospital or the emergency departments for that matter. Uh, so Dr. Agarwal, from your experience, how can digital health improve patient engagement? So we saw a few things, um, especially during COVID. So we were constantly looking as the um, you know pandemic was um, unveiling just, we saw, you know, obviously we saw a drop in utilization. We saw a drop in ER and hospitalization just for fear of catching the virus, but we also saw a drop in PCP visits and specialty visits. And so CMS had pay, um, you know, passed a telehealth waiver and we actually strongly supported it. And what we saw was a lot of our seniors and a lot of our physicians that were, you know, generally avoiding telehealth for the most part for broad adoption adopted it and they actually enjoyed it. Um, And we saw a lot of seniors now getting access to care that they normally wouldn't have gotten. And it actually coincided with our home strategy when we were serving a lot of seniors where they said, you know, how do you rate a PCP? And we thought it would be things like, you know, bedside manner, time in the office. And that was there, but they said, you know, 
ease to get to the office? How far was the parking lot? Um, how, how far was it from my house? How long did I have to wait to see the doctor? Telehealth kind of eliminated a lot of that. And then we talked, we think, you know, for seniors and who provides most of the care, you know, unfortunately it happens to, on most um, occasions, it's the daughter who's, you know, average age in the fifties that takes time off to go take their mom and dad to the office. And that's taking half a day off from work if they're working, right? And that's an inconvenience. And so now what we see with digital healthcare is using like a Slack or teams like format, you can have um, relatives involved in the care plan that may not even be in close proximity and chime in and give more data. The other thing we've seen is, um, you know, and I'm speaking generalizations, but when you go to the office, we tend to like put on our best, dress up. We're going to the office, we're going out of our house. And it's a lot different than when you use digital health and go into home. It just seems more personable, believe it or not. And you learn more about the patient, the way they live, how they actually look. And they sometimes feel more open about sharing because it's almost less intrusive of being in, you know, in an unfamiliar environment. So we found it to be pretty powerful um, when using the, in the right scenario. Thank you for that. And what kind of data do you use to understand patients' decision-making, motivations, and engagement? So, you know, data in healthcare is kind of funny because um, we've, we sometimes tend, our typical data, it tends to be after the fact, right? We look at hospitalizations that have happened to try and reduce further hospitalizations. When we look at how to prevent falls, well, the most common cause of a fall is a previous fall. But the only fall that I know about at the health plan is a fall that resulted in a claim, which is typically an ER visit or, you know, hospitalization. But I'm trying to prevent that, right? And so the other points of data that we look at is um, we start looking at they're kind of understanding like one is where do they live and are they, let's say, for example, in a food desert, right? So do they have access to grocery stores? Are they in a low socioeconomic area? So you start to try and understand barriers to healthcare. Two, we understand is you have, you know, prescriptions and are you filling them every month? Where are you going to get them? And is there a gap in getting them filled and what happened and how do we readdress that? Um, three, it's like, in addition to your socioeconomic challenges, do you have access to transportation? We can sometimes think about using geofencing, obviously with the patient, you know, um, um, is, is engaged in it and says, yes, you know, we want to do this is, um, trying to understand like, you know, how frequently are they entering different offices and where are they going? And then we have a go 365 app, um, for kind of health. And so you can log in workouts and it can, um, you know, plug in with your Garmin or app of a phone or whatever device you have. And so you can kind of start seeing like, well, they were at the gym regularly three times a week and now they're going once a week or not at all. And so these are kind of what we think of as like non-claims data to reach out to the member and, and learn a little bit more about what might have changed before something happens. And, that, and then there's always remote monitoring, remote patient remote monitoring. Um, where you have certain devices and you have feeds in, and those are, that's a whole other topic about how you use it and use it appropriately. But those things have proven effective as well. Thank you for that. And I, I am in the remote patient monitoring space. And so I think there's a lot of synergy between what you're learning and what we're trying to use to make remote patient monitoring more effective. So in your opinion, what challenges make it difficult for patients to engage with the management of their chronic disease? Well, when we think of chronic disease, um, you know, especially like polychronic I think some of the challenges I see is is the the number of cooks in the kitchen, and so when I think of seniors 
And, um, you know, if they have diabetes, hypertension, maybe, you know, congestive heart failure, CKD, they could be seeing a nephrologist, an endocrine, a cardiologist, a primary, maybe even a geriatrician if they're lucky to have one. And it's who makes sense of all the different, you know, orders. Because lots of times we as physicians don't do a great job of talking to each other or the way of talking to each other is by sending our, our chart, um, which, you know, it might be three pages, but only has like two pieces of information that are actually vital or important if you can find it. All right. And so we don't do a good job of talking to each other. And then the patients at the end result suffer. And then oftentimes, you know, if we're giving, let's say directions in the office setting, they, they may not even hear what you're saying or understand it. And they don't always push back and ask for more clarity, right? Like I've, I've seen caregivers fight to say, Hey, help me really understand this. Take some extra time to walk through this so they can explain it. I've been a caregiver and gone with my parents and said, I'm confused on what my dad is supposed to do. Like, is it low salt? Is it low fat? Is it low cholesterol? What is the actual diet? Or should you just drink water, right? It's really complicated. So making sense of all that, coordinating care is hard, but then access to care can be challenging. And right now, I think we're seeing a delay in access to care. You call to get an office visit, I'm seeing like months before you get in. And so that that's not helping anybody. And that's where I think these d digital solutions can kind of plug in some of those gaps to help. And I mean, I'd love to see a world where you can plug in monthly with, you know, an NP or a physician and just ask questions and make sure that there's understanding of what to expect and what to do. So I think those are some of the biggest challenges. Well, um, I couldn't agree more. And I feel like um, many patients do have that intimidation factor, as do caregivers, uh, mm. that prevents them from asking the clarifying questions. And then they go home ill-equipped to do the things that have been recommended. So um, what would you say are some of the most effective techniques in motivating patients to self-manage their chronic diseases? So when I think of motivation and, you know, like patient engagement type stuff um, to get them, you know, I, we, we think about three different pillars, I guess. One is, you know, the source of truth, like who are they going to trust to give them this information? And overwhelming the, our senior patients are saying that they're doctor, you know, if my doctor says it, I'm more likely to listen. You know, there's a lot of solicitation, a lot of fraud that seniors have to worry about. Yeah, I'm almost nervous if you go through them as a third party and say, hey, I'm here to help you. Can you sign this document? So am I signing away my house, my finances? So it's a little sketchy, right? So you want the doctor to be on board. Then we've heard the health plan can can actually carry some weight. And then the third thing we've heard is maybe a community referral, right? So is it like my local church or a friend that I know that's using this program gets me bought in? So that's the one is like, who's their source of trust? The second one I'd say is a moment of influence. So when am I trying to engage with you. So, you know, Tina, I don't know if you ever had to do physical therapy. I've had to do physical therapy for multiple different things for, let's say my knee. I'm most adherent after I've injured my knee to do physical therapy, to get back to what my baseline is. And once I'm there, I notice my adherence falls off. Um, and I'd never maintain the exercises I'm supposed to. And so the same way, when I think about chronic disease management and engagement and motivation, if I can connect with somebody when they've had, let's say, a ER visit, an ER visit or a hospitalization, they're more likely to listen and see why this matters than if I call them out of the blue and they're feeling good and I say, do these three things to feel good. 
right? So it's like the timing can be somewhat important. So we have source of trust, moment of influence. And then the third is what's the carrot, right? Like what, why, why the why? And it, what's the measurement? And if we target numbers like a blood pressure or an A1C, that doesn't seem to be enough. So I try to think of health goals and life goals. So what it, you know, we talk to seniors, it's a hard conversation, but you think of it as backcasting. It's kind of like your last decade of life. How do you want to live your last decade of life? So you ask them, you're in your last decade of life. What is a good life? What do you want to do? And let them talk. It might be like, I just want to be able to walk and play with my grandkids. Okay. Your A1C is at nine. If I can get it to eight, you can play with your grandkids, you know, more or your COPD, whatever measurement it is. So I think adding health goals to life goals can be pretty powerful. So those three things I think can really help um, with motivation and engagement. Wow, those are really important conversations to have with seniors. And, and the way in which you said that makes it um, relevant to them and meaningful for them to answer. So I, I really um, appreciate that. So I want to thank you again for being my guest on Bringing Virtual Care Home. I'm excited to stay in touch and continue to learn from your experience as we strive to increase patient engagement in the remote patient monitoring space. Um, and before we close, I just want to ask if you have any parting words you want to share with our audience. Um, I think the work you're doing is great. I'm glad you have this podcast, you know, increasing awareness, I think is is important. I think the only, you know, Lasting words I'd say is, you know, it's uh, approach care the way you would want to see care delivered for you or your family and, and think of mass personalization and go beyond the data if you want to make a difference. Very golden rule type related. So uh, again, I think that's relatable to everyone regardless of age or, or um, generation. So I want to thank you all for tuning in to our Bringing Virtual Care Home podcast, and I hope you'll stay connected with us on LinkedIn and join us for our next podcast episode soon. Thank you. Mm -hmm.